Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Trunk, reading the stories that didn't make it. I'm Hillary B. Bisniak's. Well, friends, we've made it. It's spooky season. If you'll permit me a moment of gravity before we get into the episode, the thing that scares me most right now is the idea of the current administration remaining in power in America. I have the privilege of being white and able-bodied, and the questionable privilege of passing as a straight man, but many of my friends and loved ones do not. So, if you're able to, please make sure you vote as soon as you can, not just for Biden, but in all your down-ballot races, too. Change starts at home. And make sure everyone you know is voting, too. Vote like our lives depend on it, because they absolutely do. You can find information about voting in your state by visiting vote.org. Now, on with the show. The Exquisite Corpse is an art game that originated in Paris, with artists drawing one section of a figure on a piece of paper before folding it over and passing it to the next person, on and on until the feet were drawn, at which point the paper would be unfolded, revealing the collaborative figure that had been created. So, to kick off spooky season here on the show... I thought we would bring to life our own exquisite corpse. I solicited fragments of stories from friends of the show, having only a theme as a guide, and let the magic of Google Sheets arrange them for me with no regard for sense or continuity. What you are about to hear, not even I have read prior to this very moment. When I came to that zebra crossing, I didn't know that anybody who drove through would become a human-zebra hybrid. In hindsight, the sign could have been clearer. Sneaking is virtually impossible when you weigh close to a full ton. Metal creaks, wood groans, and unless you're creeping across grass or dirt, there's always the bright click of iron-shod hooves. So I says to myself, Jimmy, he said expansively, leaning back, Jimmy, that's what I call myself when I'm feeling entrepreneurial. Jimmy, me lad, this is the chance of a lifetime. Just think of the show we could put on if we captured that thing. Sell out crowd every night. People might come from miles around, I agreed. Might? Guaranteed. The problem with stripes is the edges, the borders between dark and light. That edge where the hair and skin and muscles and bone beneath have to decide, what am I? When the investigation opened, nobody could give a good description of the woman. Age, youngish. Height and weight, average, probably. Hair and skin color, unclear in the low light. No one could remember what she was wearing, except for the striped leggings. Her skinny legs encased in vertical striped leggings, not pinstriped, but raggedy black-and-white stripes, like a drunken attempt to paint an old-timey prisoner costume, were the only part of her she didn't seem to be hiding. No one could place her accent, although everyone was sure it was from somewhere very far away. Do you want to get out of here? What looks dramatic in one setting is camouflage in another, she said, striding into the long grasses, and vice versa. A plain white t-shirt stands out in a field on a moonlit night. The grasses rustled as something low and heavy 
definitely bigger than a dog, advanced with a growl. Mirrors are supposed to show reflections. A face, a smile, toothpaste foam lips, bloodshot eyes, all the possible ways hair can go bad. Mirrors show something, always, even if we don't like what we see. But I saw nothing looking back at me. I felt my face, the planes of my cheeks and brow, and I opened my mouth and bellowed, and still the mirror was blank. I'm not a vampire. I'm a were-zebra. The slick glass of my phone screen glared back at me. I caught the distorted image of myself in the stainless steel kettle. But the mirror was empty. Did you know that zebra stripes can dazzle biting flies? Deter them from alighting, just like the jagged paint jobs of World War I destroyers were designed to baffle Germans and their guns. That was the pitch when they suggested this therapy. Along with the heat tolerance, the water-storing fat, since nothing's potable down there, and the immunization package. That's why I'm 15k into the no-go zone of malaria and heat that used to be northern Louisiana, looking like a body-painted fetishist and watching mosquitoes slip past me in swarms after the already anemic hogs that churn this section of the swamp. I guess I'll assume it all works until they drain me to anemia. It's that or give up before I ever get a chance at finding great-grandpa's coffin. Strips of moonlight against slashes of shadow, all leading up to a lolling purple tongue and the keening of a tired larynx around the last letter of the alphabet. What would become of this unnatural chimera? The screaming of its infernal neighing could only lead to hideous depravity and unknown bacchanalia. They remembered their slowly dawning sense of horror as they realized exactly what had to be under hoof to make those squelching noises. That rug would never be the same. The doctor didn't resort to trusting magic lightly. It had always been anathema to him, and every other practitioner of the more concrete forms of creation. But no amount of stitching or splicing could bring across the zebra's stealth, its instinctive defense mechanisms, its unique capacity to ward off the enemy's insect servants. Camouflage requires being suited to one's environment, and I, being what I am, am suited to none. So then I must be that which hunts openly, in plain sight. It is too late to change my stripes, after all. Being both predator and prey, I know all the games. That pattern, deceptively simple, haunts me still. White and black, black and white. I see it on the inside of my eyelids when I can still find a moment's rest, but those are ever more fleeting. I am, perhaps, too gentle for this world, and all around me are lions, circling me closer and closer with every passing day. Our team of literary Doctors Frankenstein, in order of appearance, were John Wiswell, Amy Kaczynski, Premi Muhammad, Kate Leckler, Lara Blackwell, Merck Fenn Wolfmore, R.K. Duncan, Dave Ring, Hannah Russell, Tyler Hayes, Jordan Carella, and me. 
Thank you, each and every one, for your contributions to this effort, especially at such short notice. Listeners, please join us again in two weeks, when our guest will be Jennifer Mace. Tales from the Trunk is mixed and produced in beautiful Oakland, California. Our theme music is Paper Wings by Ryan Boyd. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com trunkcast. All patrons of the show now get a logo button, along with show outtakes and other content that can't be found anywhere else. You can find the show on Twitter at TrunkCast, and I tweet at HBBizniex. If you like the show, consider taking a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, don't self-reject. (laughs) 